Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. As you drive through Jackson Park, you can't miss it, the striking tower under construction that marks the site of the Obama Presidential Center. Even more striking is what will be happening there and the programs it represents. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. When it's completed, the Obama Center will be a public gathering space that celebrates the nation's first African-American president, and it will include a world-class museum. It's also a physical manifestation of the Barack Obama Foundation. The foundation runs numerous programs, most of which aim to develop future leaders. Well, we're going to talk about the foundation's programs, especially one looking for participants right now, and we'll look at the future of the foundation, the center, and maybe even leadership itself. My guest this weekend is Michael Stroutmanis, executive vice president of the the Obama Foundation. He was born and raised in Chicago. He's a lawyer who also has a degree in advertising. He's worked for former First Lady Michelle Obama, former White House aide Valerie Jarrett, and the U.S. Agency for International Development. Now he's with the foundation, helping to build its strategies. We're conducting this interview via Zoom, and uh, Michael Stroutmanis, welcome. Thanks, Greg. It's good to be with you. And and with you again as well. There's so much going on in and around Jackson Park on the south side right now. And at least for the next week, one of the Obama Foundation's signature programs is accepting applications. So tell us about the Global Leaders Program. Well, we hope to identify um, 100 emerging leaders in each of the regions 
we serve and, and we're looking for um, these, uh, uh, most of them I would qualify as young people, although I'm, I'm getting to the age where I like that number to creep up a bit. Um, we want those who are, who are already making an impact um, in their communities. And, and, and the goal here is really to empower them with these kind of hands-on lessons. We want them to learn practical skills and tools that'll uh, really help them continue to make a difference. This has been um, a program that we launched back in 2018. And since then, we've been able to support more than 800 leaders from uh, 100 countries. Um, but in the United States, uh, uh, the bulk of our uh, first uh, inaugural program of, of United States leaders um, came out of Illinois. And, and the majority of them are Chicagoans who are, who are doing life-changing work in neighborhoods all across the city. And, and, and so that's exciting because we, um, we know we have the opportunity to make a unique impact in the city that we, uh, that I love in the city that the, um, Obama's call home and the, and the headquarters of the Obama foundation. And one other way we're going to do that is through training, uh, our city's next generation of leaders. And you, you call them emerging leaders and that they are already doing work, but how does one identify, first off, how do you, if you're looking from the outside in, how do you know yeah. you're dealing with an, uh, an emerging leader? And, and if you are somebody who is interested in this, how do you know you fit the bill? Well, the first thing I would say is, um, you know, leaders are everywhere and we want leaders from everywhere. And so take the, take the, the word leader, don't put a big L on it. Put a little, put a little L on it. It's it's not about the title you hold. Um, it's not about the stature or status that you have. It's about the work that you're doing. And I, and, and I'll just give you um, just a couple of examples. Um, there's a woman named Swathi, uh, Swathi Staley, who I, I I see a lot because she works at the YMCA and and we do a lot of work uh, with the YMCA. It, she leads their health equity um, and, and strategic community development work. Now, she's not the CEO of the YMCA, right? She's the leader of this important initiative, um, but she's accomplishing great things in that work. It's transformative. If, if anyone would take a look at the work that Swathi and the Y are doing in this area, you would say it's transformative. And so, um, you know, we're really excited that Swathi took the opportunity to, to apply. Um, and we accepted her into our program. There's there's also someone who's a program officer. You know, there's a program officer at at the Ms. Foundation for Women. Um, you know, she's changing outcomes and impacting uh, what they like to call birth justice. Right there, there there are these issues where women of color, in particular, have um, negative outcomes: uh, maternal uh, death, child uh, uh, health issues, uh, and and we've seen that regardless of income. Those issues persist based on race. So um, Sona Smith is the program officer for that work. She's making an impact. We brought her into the program. So I, I'd say if you if you see yourself as doing great work and you're making an impact in your community, go to Obama.org and apply. Um, you might get into our leaders program. And even if you don't, we want to know who you are and what you're doing so we, we can make you uh, a, a part of, uh, of the work we're doing at the foundation. And what are the what are the kinds of things that uh, that these participants learn? Well, they learn things like um, how to work across differences. 
You know, there there's a lot of, and, and you're not going to be surprised to hear this, there's a lot of division. Uh, and particularly when you're doing work uh, and you're trying to make a, make, make a change, you're going to come up against, uh, and you want to build a movement, you're going to bring people from different backgrounds, different perspectives, and there's going to be conflict. Um, and so we want these leaders to be able to learn how to, how to, how to, well, I'm going to sound like an Obama guy here. You have to forgive me how to disagree without being disagreeable. Right. Uh, and, and, and work through difference. We want people to use data and focus on outcomes. We want people to, uh, be able to have, you know, really strong fundamental leadership skills. How do you cast a vision, uh, that motivates your people? How, how do you, how do you manage people? Um, but you know what I found, uh, and we get this feedback all the time, that the most valuable thing that these leaders get out of the program is each other. You know, it, it can be lonely work and it can feel like lonely work, particularly if you're in a leadership position, right? You, it, you can feel a bit like you're alone. And so to be connected to leaders from uh, around the city, um, around the country and around the world we found is is incredibly valuable. And we've been able to see a lot of cross-pollinization, poll people who are working on um, violence interruption uh, uh, in Chicago are, are learning lessons from people who are uh, dealing with violence um, in other countries around the world. And, and so we're really excited that that's happening. And, and, and to have that happen for over 800 leaders already just means that when we open the presidential center um, in a little more than a year, all that's going to be headquartered right here um, in the city that works. So that 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 just makes sense to me. So I want I want folks to go to Obama.org and apply. Well, and and we will uh, remind them of that again before this program ends. But uh, as you point out, the program has been running since 2018, uh, and you've already indicated there's there's some follow up with past participants. Uh, I'll be the first one to acknowledge that people who are out front aren't necessarily, I mean, you don't have to be out front to be a leader uh, so that there may sometimes the most important leaders are behind the scenes, but are there uh, some people you can point to that and, and say this, this is where they are now and, uh, and are doing great work. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's interesting, Craig, I'm going to hesitate a little bit because so many of the leaders that um, that we'd point to um, that are doing the great work, the ones that I'm proudest of, actually, frankly, right now are in the middle of uh, areas of real conflict mm. and challenge around the world. The, the U.S. leadership program only started last year, so we're just beginning. Mm. Um, the ones that we've done um, over the years uh, have been, um, th th those are the ones who are dealing with situations of, of impact. And so I don't necessarily want to uh, call them out, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about uh, one of someone who's participated in our Africa uh, leaders program. And uh, uh, this gentleman, you may, people may recognize his story from uh, a movie that was made called The Queen of Cotway. Now that movie was about a, a, a woman, a young lady who uh, grew up in poverty um, in, I believe, Uganda um, and found out as she got into a program that um, she uh, really knew how to play chess and uh, had a tremendous talent um, in, in that area and was able to use that chess prowess um, to really expand her horizons and change her life. Well, uh, the young man who ran that program 
it, it was one of our first uh, Africa-based Obama leaders. And so that was somebody who we thought, uh, boy, could we um, take that talent, someone who, who is changing lives at that scale and really accelerate and deepen their impact? Um, maybe they want to do other things besides that that work and expand into other areas. And so um, uh, his first name is is Robert. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but he's somebody who, uh, frankly, I was really honored to meet and so thrilled that we were able to um, accelerate his impact. Um, so there are, are folks like that. Another uh, person um, who you know we've worked with. Uh, her name is uh, Aaron Barnes. Um, she's with a, a program called IOBI. And what she is doing is she is starting uh, small citizen councils um, in small towns and cities around the country. Um, so here's somebody who, you know, is taking people who want to make their community better um, and just giving them a platform and a tool to meet their neighbors um, and organize and not organize around politics uh, not organize around, uh, uh, you know, something that that may seem like it's it's beyond their scope or beyond their control, but to organize in small ways to make their neighborhood and community better, sort of like the block clubs that I grew up around uh, and that so many of them exist uh, in and around Chicago. Now, and 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 Aaron uh, in particular is doing great work. And and I'll name one more, uh, Ami uh, Davis, who runs a program called Braven. Braven found out uh, that uh, we had, we were sending um, first generation students to college, right? That, that's an effort that um, is longstanding and has been successful. But what we found and, and what Braven found is that these young people weren't getting the jobs out of college, right? So we're sending them to college, but they don't have the support um, and really the networks to be able to be successful. And so because of that, the uh, the wealth gap was increasing uh, rather than shrinking, even though people were um, getting that uh, getting that really critical and important college degree. And so um, that is a program uh, that has proven to be really successful. Um, I would describe it as a unicorn nonprofit that's come right out of Chicago. Um, it's being scaled in different uh, cities uh, around the country. And so uh, that's an area that's really important. And so those are a few folks that uh, that I hope people can look up and identify. I'm glad I mentioned them because I want their work to be supported. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so take a look at the work that they're doing uh, and see if, see if you can give them a boost. Well, indeed, we will do that, in fact. And uh, once again, how and where can people apply? Yeah, um, I want people to go to uh, Obama.org and apply. Um, I think, and I just took a look uh, at our new website, so I think I've got this right, that they need to go to our Our Programs section. That's our O-U-R programs. Um, and interest, interested leaders can apply there. It's, it's going to last for six months, the program, if you get in, six months. Um, most of the convenings are virtual. Uh, we'll have one in-person convening a year. Um, we like to bring them together. Uh, usually, uh, the last few years, we've brought them together at our democracy forum. Uh, you may remember that was a gathering we held uh, in McCormick Place last year. Uh, we're going to do that uh, uh, annually at some point. It was very soon. You'll be able to come to visit the Obama Center 
um, and and participate uh, in the in the democracy forum there. Okay, I do want to uh, turn to uh, some of the other programs. Uh, one of them, uh, we talk a lot, a lot about programs, as you say, for young people. Um, my brother's keeper is the Redound program uh, that uh, this Oak Foundation is one run for young men. But I know Mich Michelle Obama has a Girls Opportunity Alliance to help young women advance. Talk to us a little about about the uh, the kind of programs that the foundation is running for, you know, specifically for young, young people. Yeah, so we've talked about our leaders. We've got a program called the Voyagers uh, in which we are helping fund travel for college juniors, taking them to uh, communities that they hadn't heard about, that they don't know about, that they wanna learn about. Um, uh, and, and particularly those who are interested in pursuing careers in public service. Um, but yes, we had a recent announcement uh, last week, uh, Mrs. Obama drove uh, an initiative that gave uh, $500,000 through the Girls Opportunity Alliance to Chicago groups that are supporting adolescent girls. Um, Black Girls Jump is one. Girls in the Hood is another. Uh, they're supporting them. Uh, these groups are, are, are providing mental health support. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day and they explained to me, I missed it, what uh, that Elmo apparently uh, went on social media and asked people how they're doing. Yes. And, and the message that Elmo got back was we're not doing well. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm so glad these organizations are uh, are providing that mental health support, uh, exposing them to cultural opportunities um, and so much more. And so Girls Opportunity Alliance has been global. Uh, I was actually had the privilege of going with uh, Mrs. Obama, Mal Clooney, and Melinda French Gates to Malawi and South Africa uh, to address child marriage. Um, and so that that work has been going overseas for some time, but we're excited to launch in the USA. And the first thing that Mrs. Obama wanted to do is support girls uh, uh, right here in Chicago. And, and then, you know, you mentioned it, but we have done similar work with uh, the My Brother's Keeper Alliance. And, and, and really what we found, uh, we just, that was just an announcement the other day with uh, A Better Chicago. Uh, we've worked with A Better Chicago to create a dashboard so that anyone in the community uh, that wants to know how the young people in their neighborhood are doing can go to this dashboard and see. Uh, My Brother's Keeper Alliance has found that there, there's clear milestones uh, for success from cradle to career. We know what they are pre-school pre, uh, uh, education, so having children enter school ready to learn, third grade reading, success in high school, entering the, work, entering the workplace uh, after some post-secondary education or training. And so if you wanna know um, in, in, in Austin, in South Shore, in Uptown, how your community is doing, uh, you can go to this uh, uh, the website that A Better Chicago has, and take a look and it'll tell you, and, and I and I want people to be prepared, you'll find that scores have dropped since the pandemic. Third grade reading is down almost all across this city, but there are places that are successful. And so what we wanna do with My Brother's Keeper is ask the question, okay, what's working where it is working? And can we take that to other places, start doing what's working and stop doing what's failing? Uh, and, and so that's the work of, of the My Brother's Keeper Alliance. 
You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore, and my guest is Michael Stratmanis, the executive vice president of the Obama Foundation. I want to look at uh, one of the other uh, headline programs of, of the foundation, the Scholars Program, because, again, we're talking leadership development. Uh, uh, where, where and how are you developing uh, the next generation of leaders? Yeah, well, we've got a great partnership here with the University of Chicago. Um, they've really stepped up. Uh, we have one at the University of Chicago and one at Columbia University, two uh, um, institutions that have a, a relationship, uh, longstanding relationship with President Obama. The University of Chicago has taken its graduate programs, the public policy programs, the business school, uh, the School of Social Work, um, and, and they're uh, really getting the young people who are there who are interested in uh, social impact um, in civic engagement, um, and and we're giving them some of our training. Um, I, I'll just give you one example. There was a, a student at the University of Chicago who was really interested in workforce development, right? How do we take people um, who have barriers uh, to getting the skills that they want to have to be able to work? You know, people want to work. You know, as I've gone around uh, and talked to folks about the Obama Center, I've had so many people come up to me and ask me, how do they get that job? How do they get a construction job? But, you know, there may not be a path for them to be able to get those skills. So this student wanted to help people uh, with that. Um, but what, through our work, she really saw the connection to uh, do more systems change and connect workforce development to neighborhood revitalization. Uh, and this young person started an organization called Exchange that launched tech hubs in under-resourced neighborhoods that has so far placed, uh, I think about 700, yeah, 700 Chicago students with internships in tech. And so, you know, that that's what we wanna do. You got an idea, you wanna make something better. You know, I, I, I think President Obama remembers uh, kind of coming to Chicago as a young ambitious person, wanting to make a change, um, you know, got some help, got some support, but there was no institution that was that was built to be able to help a young person like that who wanted to take their talent. He could have done anything with his intelligence, with his skills, with his brilliance, but he wanted to make a difference in the community. Well, what what institution do you go to that's dedicated to that, right? Um, and so after his presidency, he decided that's what he and, and that's what she wanted the Obama Foundation to be. So the Presidential Center is going to be incredible. Uh, I'm so excited that it'll be online soon. But but President Obama really wants to give our next generation of leaders a place to go to get better. Um, and, and that's really exciting. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about that, where the when the Obama Center is up and running, um, what are the kinds of things besides just being a meeting place for the programs? What are the other kinds of things that are going to be happening and also how the center will involve the community that uh, in which it sits? Well, I'll start with the community uh, in which it sits because we haven't, we're not waiting until the center is open. We got started on that early. Um, we have very robust goals, bigger than uh, the goals that the city of Chicago even requires um, for uh, both uh, the people who are working at building the presidential center, and and I think as importantly, the businesses uh, that are involved in our contracts um, to uh, to build the presidential center. And so we've been very aggressive 
Uh, again, people who are interested in this can go to our website because we want to be very uh, public about our goals, where we're succeeding, where we might be having some challenges so people can learn from us. Uh, so we want people to work there. We want people to help build it. We want people to be proud of it, that they helped create it. Um, and then if you think about the design itself, uh, there are uh, elements of the design of the center that are strictly and, 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 and intentionally developed uh, so that the community has access and so that people who and that people who visit the center can walk right out into the community. So it's designed as a campus. Uh, it's in the park. Um, when you in, at, once you're there, you won't really know uh, where the, the, the campus of the center begins and the park itself ends. Uh, it'll be sort of seamlessly in the park. We're going to have one of the best playgrounds, I hope I would say, hopefully the, be the best playground in the city. We have an athletic center, a branch of the Chicago Public Library, uh, a fruit and vegetable garden uh, that will be there as a teaching garden. Um, and, and again, uh, 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 that park, many people don't know this, but on the other side, the east side of the center is a lagoon. And that lagoon leads you right to the Museum of Science and Industry. And so part of what people will experience is a new museum campus uh, in the city that they love, and particularly on the south side of Chicago. Um, but we'll have more, a restaurant, a cafe, an auditorium. Um, and finally, the tower itself, which is, uh, it'll be topped off this spring, about two thirds of the way up. Inside that tower will be an experience, a museum experience, where people will be able to go deep into the Obama presidency, into the experiences that led President and Mrs. Obama to make the decision to dedicate their life to public service, and then hopefully ask themselves, uh, each visitor, what's my role um, in creating the country uh, that I want to see? And so that that's a taste of what will happen at the center. Are there things that uh, are being developed because of the community input? Oh, yes. Well, Craig, you talked to the right person about that because I had about <laughs> a thousand conversations uh, in the community. So uh, just uh, just, you know, just a few examples. Um, that fruit and vegetable garden uh, is really designed to not only give people the opportunity to learn how to um, make their own, grow their own food, cook their own food, cook their own fresh food. But, you know, our intention is it'll 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 be in partnership with some incredible community gardens around the neighborhood. Um, and so this will just be an added bonus. Uh, we want we don't wanna take away from anything, we wanna add to things. And so uh, that's one. Uh, number two, uh, and this you know is, is probably not the sexiest thing you've ever talked about uh, on your radio show, but the parking lot um, is uh, going to be uh, under, underground, underneath the center itself, um, really shrinking the footprint um, of the center. Uh, the original design had it across the street. Uh, we got community input that, you know, had us make the decision to kind of take it and, 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 and kind of move it underground. That was more expensive, more time consuming, but it was the right thing to do for, uh, for our neighbors. Uh, and then finally, uh, and uh, again, you know, this shows you, I think, the importance of a, pro of a, of a project like this, the infrastructure, the basic infrastructure of that neighborhood is improving. Uh, the roads, the sidewalks, bike lanes, uh, park, uh, baseball fields. Uh, we, we funded a new track and field 
uh, right next to the center, right across the street from High Park High School. Um, you know, this is designed to create amenities uh, for people, and and we needed to really listen and ask them what they wanted uh, and what they and what they needed and what they didn't have um, in order to create that design. The last thing I want to ask you is, uh, for all the programs that the foundation already has, uh, is it flexible enough to adjust to changing needs when other issues arrive? For example, you know, we're we're in the midst of dealing with, you know, cr violent crime issues and stuff like that. Is is the is it going to be able to shift its focus or does it need to? Well, I'd say a couple of things, and I think we have to strike a balance. Um you know, because of their talent, because of this country and the decision that this country made, um, we have uh, the opportunity to celebrate uh, the legacy of our first Black president. And and I think, you know, in many ways, that needs to be timeless um, and, and stand the test of time. I, I want people who uh, my children's children uh, and beyond to be able to understand what happened, um, why it happened, how it happened, and believe that because it happened, they could do it too. But I also think that, you know, this is about democracy. This is uh, about citizenship and, and, and how uh, to inspire people to um, work together and, and, and really invest in the values that go underneath our, our democracy. Um, and then that means it has to change. Um, and so, you know, the spaces, the infrastructure, the bones probably, uh, I, I'd say won't change. But what's happening in there uh, brought to life by a, a new generation of leaders. Well, if you say a new generation of leaders, Craig, that's an ever renewing resource. Um, and, uh, and, and this place will be built uh, to be able to inspire them um, and to give them the tools that they need. And so um, it, it will be exciting uh, to see what happens there when everyone's there kind of mixed around together, uh, enjoying this beautiful space. That is a perfect final word uh, for, for this discussion. Michael Stroutmanis, Executive Vice President of the Obama Foundation, thank you for spending uh, this time with us. Uh, to our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website, wbbmnewsradio.com. There's a link on the homepage, and you can also find our podcasts on odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of that issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 1059 WBBM. Sorry for making you a little late, but it's all right. thank you very I much. I got to run, but okay. it's always so much fun. You're great at your job. Thanks, well, brother. Thank you very bye -bye. much. Talk to you again bye. soon. Bye-bye. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.